Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad. I have with me back again, Father Joe Rampino. Father Rampino, welcome back to Catholic Bites. Thanks for having me, Father Conrad. And uh, you're the perfect person for this episode, Father Rampino, because you have a great voice. You love chanting. Um, and today we're going to talk about one of my favorite things. Mm. And I, now that I'm saying this, I think it's, I think it's, I think we haven't done an episode on this, but you know what? Who cares? We're going to go about it anyway. Um, it's, it's, it's always worth doing. Exactly. So we're going to talk about one of my favorite things, which is uh, coming up on Good Friday, uh, the chanting of the passion. Yeah. Now, I, I, from my perspective, like I had never experienced this before mm. um, until I went to seminary and indeed until I went to, to the North American college where we had Holy Week in house. But traditionally the passion that we read on, on uh, Good Friday uh, was chanted uh, yeah. by three voices, by, um, by a, ten a tenor, a baritone and a bass and then would often have choral responses to it. And when we were there at the seminary, we would sing these choral responses and the deacons would chant it. And it was incredibly, incredibly beautiful. And it just blew me away. I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, and it's amazing. So why is it, do we, why do we chant uh, things, especially something as long as the passion? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the purpose of it? Well, so, so I, love, I love the chanted passion. I remember we did this at my home parish when I was in high school. Uh, and so this kind of the, the melody of the chanted passion uh, has just been in, in the back of my mind as just a staple of Good Friday uh, for a long, long time. Um, and we've talked about at least the principle of liturgical music before that, you know, we, we sing what we are not able to say. Mm. Right? And in singing, we're able to express something that, that cannot be communicated just with text. Um, I think that's one of the, the reasons that we chant the passion and why it's so important to chant the passion is because you're expressing in like Christ the victor's greatest work, uh, something that like earth can't contain. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's something that's not supposed to be read like a bedtime story. It's not something that's supposed to be, which I mean, to be fair is how we often read in churches as though this is a bedtime story. <laughs> uh, it's not to be read like just a history book. It's meant to be, this is a sacred event. This is an event that breaks the world and begins to reshape it. Uh, and so it's fitting that we would sing it in place of just in, in place of just saying it. But I also think um, I hope at some point uh, people listening are going to be able to hear the melodies of the passion. Um, but if you listen to the, the way the passion is chanted, it's also chanted in, in a rather sober manner. Right. Mm. It's not chanted in histrionics and the the, the uh, melodies used are not particularly mournful either yeah they're pretty peaceable um they're they're pretty uh tranquil uh, and you get a sense even just from the music that when we consider the passion as christians living in the time of the resurrection uh, we're not listening to the passion just as a moment of sorrow and defeat uh, that the chanted passion is not necessarily a companion to the film passion of the christ right yeah, yeah. um but that as we chant the passion, there's a, a resolution already present there. There's a peace that, that Christ is carrying through this whole passion that we get to hear in the melodies, which is a really, really beautiful thing. And I, th I think, too, another reason why we chant it is just like, I mean, this is such a beautiful moment in our salvation history. It's the, it's the, it's the center of it all in so many ways. And, and that beauty helps really 
bring it out in us effectively, you know, like that, that, that we, we, we need to enter into this uh, passion ourselves. Right. And that if we're just standing for a long time reading um, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't quite do it as yeah. well. You know, it's, it's, it's when it's chanted that it's just yeah. speaks to our heart in such an incredible way. It also helps there. There are two other things that, that, that it really does. One is that it helps to remember things. Uh, it helps you to actually pay attention and form memories. Um, right. There's a huge difference in just hearing spoken word like any other spoken word. If you focus, you can remember it. But when somebody sings something unaccompanied into silence, your attention is automatically drawn. The medievals were really, really good at recognizing you need to help people remember stuff, mm -hmm. uh, which is where the slap from confirmation comes from. Um, from the old confirmation, if you don't know, you'd get uh, slapped on the face after you were confirmed. And that's an old Frankish thing that you used to do to like make somebody remember a moment is, you know, your father would smack you on the side of the face just to say, now you'll remember this moment. <laughs> uh, and that's something like what we do when we chant is you, now you'll remember this because there's a melody. Now you'll remember this because you're focused. Uh, and that, 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 yeah. two, two points on that one. I, I was uh, on a flight to the Holy Land and an old Italian man slapped me in the face uh, in a loving way uh, on that flight. And I have never forgotten that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Father, uh, Father Benedict Groeschel once hit me in the face after giving me a blessing. <laughs> and then the, the second point about memory, I mean, I just think about it myself. Uh, basically all through Lent, I am humming in one way or another, whom are you looking for from the, from the passion? And it's just like, <laughs> It, it, it sticks in you. And my, my, the, my coworkers at different parishes can attest to that, that it got a little annoying after a while when, when they were looking for something, I would always say, Oh, whom are you looking for? And <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, and there's a lot we could say just about the melodies that they choose for that uh, particular moment, but there should be, that should be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> there should be a sound to a Lent, a sound to Easter. That's why when you talk about like uh, Latin mass chant settings, um, that they're intended to give a sound to the season. But there's another reason that, that we chant that I think is also important for us not to miss. Uh, and it's, it's connected to the fact that uh, we used to, uh, as Catholics, chant not just the Passion, but every reading, the gospel, all the readings, mm -hmm. all the Psalms, everything that was said at mass. If it was spoken loud enough to be heard, it was sung if it could be sung at all. Um, and part of that is, is the understanding that what we're doing is not just for us to consume, right? That when we read from the scriptures at mass, it's not just so that we hear the scriptures and think about them. It's not just so that we hear the scriptures and understand them. Um, the scriptures should be pronounced and should really ideally be sung, even if no one's there. Mm. Uh, even if it's just the priest saying mass, because the very act of proclaiming the word of God, the very act of uh, bringing the words of the gospel out into the world is, uh, in a sense, a salvific act. That is a holy and effective thing that has an effect on the world around you. Uh, early medieval Christians are fascinating in that uh, they had a sense that, you know, reading the gospels aloud and chanting the readings was part of their work because they had to undo uh, kind of the influence of the worship of pagan deities, you know, in the land itself. 
that they had to bring creation under uh, under the influence of grace. Uh, and there's still something very true to that now. And I wonder if we if we realize that there's something ritual about reading the scriptures, that it's not just a moment of I hear and I understand mm-hmm. and therefore I grow. It's not just an intellectual thing. It's it's a very physical ritual moment that we believe has some kind of effect on the created world, um, which is why it's important to take care, uh, even if we're not chanting. Yeah, that's beautiful. The um, uh, last thing I wanted to touch on with the with the chanted passion, especially on Good Friday, is that um, it's usually chanted by three deacons. If you don't have deacons, then you can have priests or or cantors or things like that. Um, and those three deacons chant um, the three different parts. Um, one, uh, the one who chants the voice part, Peter or Pontius Pilate or the uh, the different servants in the high priest courtyard and everything, they chant. They're a tenor, uh, so they have a high voice. The narrator is a baritone, and the um, the person who chants the role of Jesus is is a bass. And I think that's just such a, a unique and beautiful way. And it's, it's a very traditional way of doing things. We see that in other different musical settings of the passion, but this, um, you know, in, in terms of the music, especially in the, in the um, uh, not medieval, but the, uh, the more tonal era uh, of more classical music, the, the hero in an opera was always a tenor or even, even more a castrato or a counter tenor uh, with a very, very high voice. But in the passion, it's a bass that um, that sings the the hero's uh, part, Jesus's part, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, well, I think it's connected a little bit because the Orthodox do this too. For the Orthodox, it's always a bass who sings any of the words of Christ as well, as, at least as far as I understand. Um, and and I say all these things as a tenor. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I end up being the one who who sings like the denial of Peter, uh, which is always a humbling thing to do. Um, but there is something to um, remembering who Christ is, mm-hmm. uh, that he's not just a man like any man, that uh, he is the ancient of days, right? He's the one who's existed since before the foundation of the world. And there's something in, because very often, at least in, in opera, like the bass is, is, is there for age, right? Mm. This is one of the, the very common things is you'll have a character who is old is played by a bass, and a character who is young that has a lower voice might often be p- played by a baritone. You rarely have like a full bass playing a young man. Mm. Uh, certainly somebody who's like 33, this would be very rare. Um, so there's something that is conveying uh, not just his authority, not just the, the peace of his soul, um, but also uh, conveying his eternity. Yeah, the the depths out of the depths I cry to you, O oh Lord. You know, the, the the deep the deep nature of him. It's, it's calling it's to deep. <laughs> but there's also something very physical about this as well. Uh, is that you know when you're producing sound uh, lower in your register, it's harder to move. It's harder to sing quickly. It's harder to do flashier stuff. It's harder to that's that's easier as you get a little higher up in your range. Um, and so there's something that kind of brings out a more peaceful uh, sort of melody, a more tranquil sort of expression when you're, when you're singing lower in the range. Uh, and that fits the eternal peace of the word of God as well. Well, that is, um, yeah, I'm just getting so excited for, for um, Good Friday. It's going to be awesome. I just like, 
I, I, the more chanted passions we can have, of course, the better, but yeah. we're at, at, at our good Friday, we are going to have a chanted passion and it's going to be awesome. Sure. So. Excellent. Uh, Father Rampino, thanks for joining us, uh, especially to talk about such an applicable and, 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 and beautiful topic. Um, thank you everyone for listening. If you'd like to listen to other great Catholic podcasts, you can find us at catholicbytespodcast.com or you can find us uh, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. If you would do us a favor and just leave us a nice review um, that helps other people find the show and helps broaden our appeal and, and, and moves us up in the rankings, I guess. Uh, um, thank you, everyone, for listening and God bless you.